Good morning, everybody. Does anybody need sermon notes? Wave at me. I've got the ushers wanting to bring you sermon notes today. Come on, we're going to talk about trials, troubles, and tribulation. Man, how to handle that stuff. How many of you know that the devil wants to test your metal? He wants to see what you're made of. Mm. Is everybody ready? Uh, okay, I'm going to go ahead and prep. I don't want to step on your toes, but you know the gospel, the good news of Jesus needs a response. You have to respond to it. Change your thinking. Okay, I didn't think that. I, I've always thought it was this way. I'm going to step on some of that today and change. How many of y'all warm in here? I see some of y'all fan ushers. Get us some air conditioning. Hallelujah. Got to bear witness with me. There it is. So uh, work on that, and, and, and we're going to get started. I'm going to read a little bit of Scripture. So, so our, our foundation Scripture, Luke 4, and this is where Jesus, after he was baptized, uh, I want you to, we're going to read this in Luke 4, 1. Jesus was baptized, and Jesus, being filled with the Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. What? The Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness? Okay. And so being tempted, tested for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. Can y'all understand that after 40 days? Y'all 30 minutes, y'all. Pastor, we got to go eat. Will you finish this thing up? I mean, somebody's got a birthday party today. And we got to go eat some cake. And we got to get some, you know, that's, that's the way we are. 40 days, and he was hungry, you know, 30 minutes. I, I took the youth. We went to the buffet at Pizza Hut. We were traveling and got back in the van, and one of them said, where are we stopping next to eat? <laughs> I'm like, what? But that's teenagers, isn't it? So uh, let me get on back, back to the story here. And uh, he was hungry, and uh, the devil said unto him, if you be the Son of God, or if you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered, saying, read it with me. It is written. Okay? That's going to help you right there. That's your response. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word of God. In verse 5, then the devil taking him up on a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give to you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me. And I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get thee behind me, Satan. Say it with me. For it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. You know, Jesus didn't say, You don't have authority. You don't own those cities. He does. And any president, king, ruler that does not submit to God, they're in the devil's control. Just giving you a little bit of, you know, headway right there. Okay, I lost my place again. So, and Jesus said, get thee behind me, or get behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you, shall you serve. Then he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you be the Son of God, throw yourself down for here. Now, Satan goes, for it is 
written. The devil can use Scripture too. I help my finger so I don't lose my spot. He'll go, he'll pull out Scripture on you. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you all your ways. That's Psalms 91. But Jesus said, Jesus answered and said to him, it's been said, or it is written, you shall not tempt or test the Lord. That's why when you get a revelation from the Word, you need to back it up with the Word. Come on now. Just because somebody said, God showed me this. Well, let's just go dig. And we're going to dig, and I'm going to show you some things today. And, and I want to go ahead and set, the, set this out here and make you mad right off. You can't follow Old Testament doctrine. We're in the New Testament, people. Acts is still going on, and we're doing the acts of God. Okay, we live in the New Testament. Jesus is our example. Jesus is our doctrine. As he is, so are we. What he did is what we're supposed to do. What he said is what we're supposed to say. How he acted is what we're supposed to That's how we're supposed to act. Jesus came to set the record straight. They were living in the darkness. We're still in darkness to a certain extent, but they were in darkness in the Old Testament. They didn't know God like we know God. The prophet, the priest, and the king, the Holy Spirit sat on them, did not come on the inside of them. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you, Christian, and you have this witness. Should I move? Should I go? What am I supposed to do? Oh, I don't think that's right. It's just on the inside of me. Don't sit. That's the Holy Spirit. They didn't have that. The prophets, priests, and kings had that to an extent. So they thought everything came from God, good and bad. We found out you can reap what you sow. So I lost my place again. Jesus answered and said, you should not tempt the Lord your God. Verse 13, now when the devil had ended every temptation or testing, he departed from him until a more opportune time. He's looking for, he's looking for a chance to get a hold of Jesus. What's he looking for? He's looking for a button to push in his flesh or in his mind. The devil's looking for a button to push in you, in your flesh or in your mind. This is the battleground. He's coming right here. Look, look, hey, this side, this side, look at me. They don't like you over there. Look over there at them. See, they're not smiling at y'all. They don't like you. That's the way the devil works. You know, your kids don't even like you anymore. I told my kids, tough luck. I'm your dad anyway. Always will be. You know, you ever ever had your kids say, I hate you? (laughs) Tough. Some people mail it. Don't say that. Come on, my, my identity is not in my children. It's in God. And I was tough. I love you. And I'm still standing my ground. You're not going to smoke a cigarette at five years old. Well, I've seen five years old pick up a beer can and everybody laughs about it. Just saying, you know. And so, so I like this in Mark. And, I, you know, just to think the devil was enough. But Mark in Mark 1.12, it says, and there were wild beasts out there. There were lions and bears in, the, in, in, in Israel at this time, David had to kill a couple of them to protect the sheep. And, and, but then it says that the angels came and ministered to him. So, so this is our setup. Satan came to tempt Jesus. Why? Uh, you know, Jesus was a man. Amen. Satan doesn't tempt anybody in heaven. Jesus was a flesh and blood man. I love my grandparents, but they're not alive. They have no influence except what they, the spoken word that they spoke to me. 
And so the influence that I have in the earth is while I'm alive. I want to speak life to my children, my grandchildren, and you, anybody I come in contact with. I have to speak the words of life. And that's God's word. And I have to live it as an example. And that's what this is. But guess what? The enemy comes to try to find a button, pushing, pushing a button. You know, I started dipping skull in the fourth grade because I saw people that chewed tobacco, and I thought, well, they're, they're, they're my uncles, and they're my grandmothers, and yeah. And I thought, well, this is cool. This is what you're supposed to do. And so I'd pick up Coke bottles and get 35 cents. Now it's, I don't know, 350 or something, but it was 35 cents, and I pick up 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, seven Coke bottles, and I could buy me a can of Skull in the fourth grade. Now, you think because I saw something that wasn't godly, but I thought these people are cool, these people are my people that I respect, I thought, well, shoot, I'm going to do that too. Influence. And the devil will use anybody to influence you. They'll use a preacher to influence you wrong. They'll use somebody in your family who you respect, and, and they'll influence you in the wrong way. You've got to live by the word. You've got to be careful who you're following. we got to follow Jesus. I love my grandparents. I love them. I love them, but some of the things they did, I couldn't follow. I couldn't be a worrier. I couldn't be, you know, I couldn't say things that my grandpa said. I, I could, you know, I learned, I, wait a minute, that's not right. That doesn't line up with the word. And so, you know, the Lord will deliver you and help you and strengthen you. So, are y'all ready? So, so number one, let, let me say this. If Satan came to test Jesus, he's coming to you. And next week, we'll talk a little bit more about the devil. And he has authority that you give him. If you don't use your authority, he's going to take it. And he's going to try to influence people around you with, through you. I always say, you know, uh, well, it was in the paper. Did y'all hear it on the radio? The devil ran into the Circle K and shot the guy and robbed the store. No, it wasn't the devil. It was a person. It has to be somebody flesh and blood for the devil to use. Yeah. It, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I'm yeah. from preaching the wrong sermon. But that's why you recognize that person was used of the devil. Just like somebody came and shown, and, 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 and the whole family got saved because they went and visited him and told them about Jesus. They were being used by God, and we celebrate that. Amen? But you know what? Today, they're celebrating people being used as the devil. Yes, they are. So let's guard our hearts. Amen? Number one, profiting from trials. How in the world can we profit from trials? The youth left out. I was going to have Wyatt come up here. He plays basketball. I asked him. I said, can I interview you? He goes, no. I said, come on. I'm just going to ask you this question. I said, do you like playing ball? Do you, do you like playing the game or practicing? And he goes, well, I like both. I said, good answer. But isn't playing the game more fun than practicing? He goes, yes. Guess what? Trials are supposed to be fun. What? No. They're hard. But change your thinking. If test is coming, God's presence is greater, and God wants to bring you deli deliver, deliver you and bring you victory. Look, look what it says. Let's read James 1, 2. My brethren, count it all joy. What? Everybody say, what? what? Yeah. You, you know, if something crazy happens, you go, what? 
Everybody needs a what. We'll do that next week too. When you fall, count it all joy when you fall in various trials, knowing that your testing, the testing of your faith produces patience or endurance. Now, playing the basketball game, and we, I was going to talk to him about it. It's, fun, it's more fun to play the game, and that's when it counts because your record, one and two, two and three. And, you know, starting off, I, I practiced, we've had uh, three schools in our county or a parish in Louisiana, just like you got Fort Chiswell with and Rural Retreat. And the right, when I came here, it was all about the rivalry, this one and that one. And, and my daughter married uh, uh, somebody from the rival town in our parish, and it's Patrick. Uh, you know, I played ball against his dad, and, he, and so we were talking. He goes, I remember in high school, we won every game against y'all. And I'm like, yeah, right. And, you know, we had fun with it, but they were football. That was the only, only school that had football. And those boys were out of shape, and we wore them out on a basketball court. It's a different kind of shape. But the, the point is, it's playing the game. Guess what? The, the, if you can, I'm using a, an example that life's like a game, and you're going to come up against the adversary, and you're going to have to go to battle, and you might as well get your mind right today, I'm going to win. As a matter of fact, the devil cannot keep you out of heaven. He can make your life miserable on earth, but he can't keep you out of heaven. Get your mind right. I'm, I'm heaven bound. I'm a child of God. So I've already won the war. Now I've got to face these battles. Trials and troubles and tribulations and things that pop up. And God wants to give us patience with his endurance. In verse 4, let patience have its perfect work. That you may be perfect, mature, and complete, lacking nothing. And if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, not doubting. For he who doubts is like the wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. And let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded and unstable in all his ways. So trouble comes, and, and we don't go to the Lord. It said, ask God when trouble comes. God's on your side. Let me go ahead and say this. We need to run to God. God's on our side. He's for us. But, but if we do shoot up a prayer, it's about two seconds. Lord, I don't know what to do. Help me. What do y'all think I ought to do? Wait a minute. What do y'all think I ought to do? Wait a minute. What do y'all see? It's waves to and fro. What do you think I ought to Y'all, I don't know what to do. And we're washed back and forth. And we watch the news to find out what to do. And we, call, we go to some chiropractor and find out what to do. Chiropractor, yeah. Makes sense, don't it? No. We'll ask anybody and their mama, oh, hey, sir, what would you do? Going, ask God. God gives wisdom. And guess what? When you get a witness, don't, 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 no, no, no. Be still. Once you get a direction, God will confirm it. He'll say, somebody will come up and just say, you know, I was in this situation one time, and the same thing you're going through. You didn't even tell them. Because a lot of people wear their badge a problem. Let me show you right here, 1812. I was in a battle for my life. I'm still scarred by it, and I still hate everybody. Remember? And so now we got it on the wall. Come on. Let's be healed and bring healing. You see, if you go through something, God wants to deliver you and make you a deliverer. Make you like Jesus. To bring healing and deliverance. Amen, amen? So, so let's run to God. We're going to come back to this. But number two, loving God under trials. 
And this is where I might kick you a little bit. Y'all ready? Loving God under trials. In James 1.12, we're just breaking down the whole James chapter 1. It said, blessed is the man who endures temptation. It's not a sin to be tempted. Jesus was tempted, and he was without sin. Just letting that sit there a minute. Temptation is not sin. It's when you act upon it or roll it over in your mind. Oh, yeah. They do look good. You know? Now you're rolling it. Jesus said if you did it in your heart or in your mind, it's the same thing as acting it out. It's not just so what Brother Hagin used to say, if a bird fly over your head, that's okay. But if it builds a nest on top of your head, you need to do something about it. If you're dwelling on it, on it, on it, dwelling on it, on it, dwelling on it, on it, it's time to get that bird nest off your head. Amen. Jesus took the crown of thorns for a reason. That's the curse, the torment of our mind. On his head, on his brow, that's the curse. And, and, and Genesis 3 said the thorns and thistles will grow because of the curse. He wore that for a reason so you could be free, so you could have peace, so you don't have to worry. Be filled with worry and doubt. So, blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he is a, uh, has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Verse 13, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Y'all agree with that? Nor does he tempt anyone. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. For each one is tempted when they're drawn away by his own desire and enticed. Then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin when it is full grown brings forth death. Be not deceived, my beloved brethren, for every good and every perfect gift is from above, comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will he brought us forth by his word of truth, or by the word of truth, that we might be the kind of first fruits of his creatures, or creation. How many of you say, no, we are his children? How many of you know that God's not dealing with the devil? He's already dealt with him. He sent Jesus. And God's not fighting the devil or worried about him. And you shouldn't be either. It is written. But we go, well, wait a minute. Let me think about that a minute. Oh, no, if that happened. Oh, boy, if that happened. Let me let you in on a little secret. The devil can't read your mind. He can drop stuff in your mind. Only God can read your mind. And he still loves you. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. But hear me. Hear me. The devil can read your expression just like I can read your expression. Are you okay? You're giving me a funny look. Well, she ate pizza and peanut butter. You know, it just didn't set with her. But I'm thinking, are you, you know, something, you mad at me? And, and so, so the enemy puts a thought in here and he sees your reaction. When he ought to hear what you say, it is written. Get thee behind me. Healing belongs to me. I don't care if I ate pizza and peanut butter. Healing belongs to my stomach. It is written. 
that I walk free, that I'm supposed to be free, and I walk in freedom. You ought to say that whether you're freed or not today. You need to begin declaring that I'm the free, I'm, the, I'm a child. Can we all say I'm a child of God? If you've accepted Jesus, you need to say, I'm a child of God. Well, you know what? Think about it. If your daddy was a mechanic and he taught you to be a mechanic, you're a mechanic. If God sent Jesus to be a man to walk in victory on the earth and now we're his children, we're supposed to do the same. Now, now as we look at this, it says, be not deceived. Let me back up and read that again. In verse 13, let no man say when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when they're drawn away by his own desire and enticed. So here we go. Remember, the devil is looking for a button, something that will entice you, something that will draw you. You know, he'll try many things, you know, lust, drugs, alcohol. I know people can drink and not get drunk, but I know most people drink to get drunk. We're in America, baby. We take everything to the extreme. I don't want a piece of pie. I want the whole pie. I'm going to get a dozen donuts to take them home to the family, and I eat all 12 before I get there. That's America. That's our mentality. It's ours. It's mine. I want more of it. And the devil uses buttons to push. He's looking something to entice you. And we're drawn away when we're enticed. We're drawn away from God. Well, I'm never going to church again because those people offended me. And I don't like them. I'm tired of this. You're speaking the devil's talk. That's the devil's language. He's trying to, to bring you. God's trying to bring you into the family on the earth. And devil, the devil is trying to pull you out of the family and out of the kingdom of God. Not that you're not going to heaven, but you're supposed to have the kingdom of God on the earth. And I, we've all been enticed. We've all been enticed. We've all been deceived. We've all been drawn away uh, by desires, even good desires. I know people that had good desires. They want to, I'm moving to Utah. Why are you going to Utah? God told you? No, I just want to move there. Where are you going to go to church? Well, I'll just find one, something when I get there. So we're packing up, and we're going to Utah. Has God told you to go to Utah? No, nope, I, just, I just want to do it. See, that, that's the worst 10 words is I just want to do what I want to do. Well, how do you expect God to bless you? You're just doing what you want to do. Amen. The best five words is what does the Word say? And then, you know, as you're in the Word, God starts speaking to you. You know, Utah... How about, how about, you know, just being led and, and get, get a witness? You'll, you'll find a church before you go. You'll have a home before you go because God's going before you. See, see, we get ahead of God. We're supposed to hold his hand, walk with him. Picture yourself as a toddler holding God's hand. You ever had a toddler break free, take off running, fall flat on their face? Skin up knees, skin up that. I've been there. I skin up spiritually. I've been skin up head to toe because I was ahead of God. When you're supposed to slow your roll and just wait, God opens the door. God opens the door. Miss Shirley says she's never asked to preach in any church, but she gets asked all the time. Then she has to pray whether, you know what, should I go? 
Because once you start going, people want to hear you and say, wait a minute. Because I've heard many preachers, I went down there, it was horrible. I didn't ask God. You know, they got mad. They, they didn't, they didn't want to hear what I had to say. Well, you got to pray about that too. Just because the door opens. This is, this is the adventure of faith. The adventure of living for God. That God will open doors and that, and that the enemy will open doors to entice you. Don't that house look good? That's a nice house. Oh, oh, well, the biggest is car, car sales. Smell that new car smell. You want to drive it? Oh, can you? Man, I see you driving this thing. And you're driving around, and oh, I look, I can't afford this, but it don't matter. I look good. See how, see how enticement works? See how the enemy works? You know? I wish I had that, 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 that husband or that wife or that spouse over there. And, you know, in our marriage class, he goes, that's because it looks good over there and looks mighty green. That's because you can't see the poop from here. <laughs> it's the truth. You don't, you don't want me as a husband. My wife has to put up with me. And so the whole point of the whole thing is you got to work it out and live for it. It doesn't matter what job it is. You got to be led. And if God said go and then they go, they thought, wait a minute, they reneged. You're there for a reason and a purpose. You're not there just to make money. You're there to be light and salt. You ever thought about that we ought to be about kingdom business and not about just money, about what we're going to do with our money and what we're going to do with our kingdom and who we're going to minister to while we're there? Mm-mm-mm. Number three, qualities needed in trials. What do you need on the inside of you? What kind of quality? How are you going to live? You going to melt like butter when the fire gets turned on? Ah! Huh? You ever seen anybody do that when trouble comes? Ah! They're melting. Like the wicked witch, huh? I'm getting off. So let's, let's get down to it stuff, okay? Let me read 19. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Did you hear me? See how some of y'all went, what happened? The wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God, verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. Some of y'all combed your hair. Some of you didn't. You look in the mirror. Here's the mirror to see what kind of person you're supposed to be in the kingdom of God. It doesn't say in here that Brett's supposed to be a pastor. I'm supposed to be led to do that and let God open the doors. But it does say I'm supposed to live righteously. I'm supposed to do what Jesus said to do. I'm supposed to do what the Word says. Act according to the Word. It doesn't matter if I'm a pastor or not. I know many a pastor that don't do this. My goodness. And so we're supposed to live. I have to be a Christian first. And so, so I have to get myself and my act together. And so... so uh, be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. 
for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. It's called backsliding. It's called just walking away from things of God. I want to do what I want to do. Well, that's not what the Word says. But he looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues. He who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work or the Word, this one will be blessed in what he does. Now, see, there's some blessings in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy, it's you'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the field. Your children will be blessed. Your basket and store blessed. And whatever you put your hand to is blessed. Well, if you, if you, but it starts off with saying, if you will hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God. This is saying the same thing. That brings that promise into the New Testament. If you're a doer of the word, if you will hearken unto the word of God, your life will change. God said, I'll stand behind my word. And every promise I promise, I'm going to back it. All you got to do is do the word. You have to respond to the word and live by the word and do the word. And God said, I'll bless you. And trouble comes. The devil comes to knock you off your feet. He comes to kill you. He comes to do crazy things to you. But we can call on the Lord. And the Lord said, I'll answer you. Hey, he's our help in time of need. But here's the secret. If you're doing what the word says, it's a whole lot easier to walk through those trials because you are already prepared. Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll tell you things to come. I don't know what's going to happen, but something's up. So I'm going to get in the word. I'm going to get ready. I'm going to start believing God for, you know, whatever's coming. I, I'm greater. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Amen. Whatever in this world is about to come down, I'm, I'm going to overcome. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm victorious. Because, see, you can be enticed to go to somewhere. Even I've seen preachers be enticed. I've seen young ministers, I, I just want to be in full-time ministry. I just want to be in full-time ministry. I just want to be in full-time ministry. And they'll take any church, anything, and it destroys them. Well, I want to tell you something. Everybody in here is in full-time ministry. Everybody in here is in full-time ministry. You're a kingdom representative every hour of every day, even while you're snoring. Come on, you need to be having godly dreams, and you need to ask for them. Don't be, don't be, you know, my daughter used to put on the food channel and sleep because, you know, I don't want any bad dreams. It was something that she demanded of me, pray over me no bad dreams in Jesus' name. And if I forgot, she reminded me. She believed in prayer. She believed in that. Even in college, she'd call me, all right, I got a test today, and it's a rough one. And every, so I pray everything you studied will come to remembrance, and even things you did not know, you will automatically know because the Holy Spirit will be your helper. Because you have prepared, though, he's going to be right beside you, and he's going to help you, and you've got confidence in God. If we do what we're supposed to do with the Word of God, we can have confidence. God's got our back. Man, you know, you ever seen somebody cocky? People that are cocky just on their own strength. But we can have a little, we can be cocky because we got God. You want to say something to me, devil? Look over here. Here's God right here. Y'all remember when I wore Ashley out by being the Holy Spirit with me the whole time? He's like, man, I need to sit down. The Holy Spirit doesn't need to sit down. He's with you always. And when you do the word, he's like, whoo, let me help you out. And angels came and ministered to Jesus while he was tempted. Angels? You know where your angels are at? They're following you. They're waiting on you to speak the word of God. But since you haven't, they're out there drinking coffee. 
an angel's out there drinking coffee and like, man, I wish they'd just ask me. I wish they'd speak the word. I, I'm, I'm been sent to, to do the word for God, to help the Holy Spirit, to prepare the way for them, but they don't ever ask. They don't ever pray. They don't ever say what God said about them. When y'all said, I'm a child of God, they perked up. Okay. Because the next step now is to be a doer of the word, act on the word, speak the word, but act it out. You know, you can, you can do the word, but do it with the wrong attitude. And I always do it. I love you, okay? I love you. <laughs> you know, that's like, here's a plate of food. Throw it on the floor and say, okay, enjoy. It's like we want to drink grace, but we don't want to give it to anybody else. If we're going to drink the grace of God, we have got to drink the grace and enjoy it. And then, guess what? People will drink the grace that's on your life until they can get to the place where they can stand on their own two feet. Okay. We're in church today. I'm, I've got you preached up a little bit, but let's let it hit home just for a second. Let's talk about the 12 disciples. When they were in Jesus, they were... Man, we're with Jesus. And two of them started arguing about who's the best. And Peter goes, I'll tell you what, I'll die for you. I'll go to jail for you. I'll do whatever. Because Jesus was with him. And Jesus gets arrested, and guess what happens? Peter denies him three times. What I'm saying is, you're going to have troubles and tribulations, and you might, not, you might miss that little battle. You might miss it. But just like Jesus took Peter and said, come on. Get up on your feet, feed my sheep. Get up on your feet, feed my lambs. Get up on your feet, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, there are battles that you may not because you're young, you're immature, you're not in shape, you have no endurance. Remember we start off with endurance? The battle comes. I, I picked on Patrick's dad. They had football endurance. They didn't have basketball endurance, and we ran them in the ground. They had no endurance. In life, you've got to have endurance. I'm going to live what the Word of God says. Hell, high water, don't care who, what anybody says. I'm living for God. I will not turn away. I'll not back down. I'll not walk away. I'm serving the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And He lives on the inside of me. And He's for me. And all these trials and all this stuff, why me, Lord? Why did you do this to me? You know, I've seen people that serve God for a long time, and something happened, they get cancer. I don't know why this is going on. They melt like butter. They thought that they were all out in a bag of chips, and then when pressure came, they weren't ready for it. Guess what? Pressure's coming. Get ready for it. You're a child of God. Don't care if mom dies, dad dies, grandpa dies. I sang at my grandparents' funeral, every one of them. How do you do that? Because I know where they're at. I know who I am. I'm not going to break down and melt like butter because they, they passed away. They went to heaven. Glory. I'm going to rejoice because I know the victory's in God. He's our strength and our shield. We're overcomers and more than conquerors because of him that lives on the inside of us. And a lot of people say, well, God's in control. Then how come he said be a doer of the word? When you say God's in control of everything, then shoot. I don't have to do nothing but blame God. But God said he don't tempt and he don't bring this trouble. It's the devil that does because he still wants control of the earth. He wants control of you. He can't stand you. You ever want to, you know, let me tell you, the devil can't stand you. And that ought to make you happy. If you don't run into the devil, you're walking with him. 
You're going to run into the devil walking with Jesus. Jesus, look, turn the page. Matthew, he cast out a devil. Oh, he cast out a devil on his page. He cast out a devil. He healed the sick. He cast out the devil. We don't cast out devils in America. We medicate them. I'm just saying, you go to South America, you go to Africa, they people swirling on the ground like a snake with their hands behind their back. How do they do that? It's a demon spirit. It's real. We're going to talk about the devil next week. But he's under our feet. He's under our feet. Get victory today. Come on. Everybody goes through trials, temptations, troubles. You just don't know it. You don't see it. Because you're looking in the mirror at you and not the Word. Quit looking in the mirror. Well, I'm ugly. My bangs are gone. I don't know what I'm going to do. Come on, life goes on. Declare that you're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And here's the last thing. Sometimes we go through trials, troubles, and tribulations because just like I said, the family want to go to Utah. They put themselves in that desert. Not a desert in there, but they made a wrong turn. And that family, they made a wrong turn. They were in turmoil. They ended up divorcing and became an alcoholic, but they come trickling back. Go back to where you missed it and call on God and say, I want to start over. God's a God of second chances, third chances, fourth chances, fifth, 70 times seven chances. He's the God of, that will doesn't matter. Well, I did this. Look at the woman at the well. What did she do? Come on. You got to forgive you. And let God heal you so you can become that deliverer. Let me pray over you today. Father, we thank you for victory, that, that you're the God that's more than enough. El Shaddai, you're more than enough in every area of our life. Lord, in all the trials, the temptations, the things that we're drawn away with, you give us power. Lord, I was never taught that I had power over my flesh and power to live a righteous life. Lord, I was always taught that I just do good, do good, do good, do good. Don't do this. Don't do that. But I found out in you, God, that there's power and that you're for me and that you want me to be an overcomer, that you want me to live a righteous life, that you, oh God, want me to be strong in you. You have my back when I do your word. So I do your word today. Now, Father, I thank you that I preach your word and people that hear it, Lord God, that they'll receive it in the good soil of their heart. They'll walk after you all the days of their life. They'll not only do that, but they'll train others, children, to live for you, to do what the Word says. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and you want to accept Him as Lord, will you lift your hand and say, that's me, Pastor Brett. I see your hand. Maybe you're here today and you haven't been living for God, you got saved a long time ago, and you want to, you know, you, you, you're turning around, and you want to give your life fresh and new to Him. If that's you, just lift your hand. I see your hand. The hand of God's on you, sister. I see your hand, your hand. You see, I'll let you in on a little secret. Every day, I said, Lord, here I am. I get up and say, Lord, here I am. I'm serving you today with my whole heart, my whole life. Forgive me of everything that I messed up yesterday, but Lord God, renew me today and walk in your power and your strength. I love you today more than I did yesterday. Come on, that's how you get up and do that every day. 
Focus on the Lord. Call upon his name. He answers. So say this with me. Say, Father, I'm stirred up. Fill me with your love. Show me your ways. Teach me your word. Not only to speak it, but to do it. To act it out. To walk in love, peace, joy, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, meekness. I'm your, I'm your person, Lord. I'm your child. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you receive something today. We're going to tag this again next week. We're going to talk about our enemy, our toothless enemy. Somebody said, don't talk about the devil. He may show up. <laughs> He's already here. Come on. You know, well, you want them to believe there's a devil behind every bush? Now, I believe there's two. But there's four angels to take care of them. Come on. They're outnumbered. The devil's outnumbered. Not only by angels, but us. We're Jesus. He hates you because you look like Jesus. Don't take your helmet of salvation off. Leave it on. You look like Jesus, just like him, and God loves you. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about Legacy Church and other resources, visit us online at LegacyFamily.info.